Mastermind Agent is proud to present success calls. Top real estate agents from across North America reveal their success secrets, strategies, and systems in up-close and personal interviews. You can find all the calls at www.mastermindagent.com. Hi, I'm Mike Cerrone with Mastermind Agent. This month's top agent is Tammy Spaulding with the group in Fort Collins, Colorado. Last year, she closed 85 transactions with a total sales volume of $22 million. Her average sales price was $257,000, of which 35% were buyers and 65% were sellers. She operates a team with three members, one listing manager, one contracts manager, and one team leader. Tammy has been an agent for 26 years and sold 2,000 homes in her career. In this call, Tammy talks about working in the title business and as a top agent assistant before getting her license, how she consistently sells 100 homes per year with a small team, and why she didn't reach her 100-home goal in 2013, how she dealt with a major family challenge, and how her team kept things going while she missed seven weeks of work. Should you tell your sphere of influence about your family issues? Why systems, checklists, and team members make a real business? How she generates the majority of her business from repeats and referrals from her previous clients' sphere of influence and realtor referrals? Scripts for calling your sphere of influence? Her annual marketing plan, including a month-by-month -month description? Why relationships are everything and how to make them blossom? How to make fun part of everything you do? why she has a top 50 group, and how she selects them, her realtor referral program that results in 28 to 33% of her business each year, the power of daily rituals, a formal schedule, and affirmations, monthly P&L reviews, and how she achieves a 65% profit margin, the book, what's inside it, and more. First, a quick word from our sponsor, RealGTV, real estate agent lead generation television. Need more referrals? Get a free script and simple three-part plan used by a top agent to receive and close 74 referral transactions in one year. Just go to freereferralscript.com. That's freereferralscript.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the call, Tammy. Hi, Mike. Thank you. Hey, Tammy. It's great to have you here. Tammy, before we talk about what you're doing today, let's go back for a minute and talk about what you did before you got into real estate. Well, I've always been kind of involved with real estate, Mike. I actually started off as a typist, yes, back in the typewriter days, uh, with Stuart Title, and I worked myself up to a closer, marketing representative, and a branch manager. And then I became an assistant at the group for the other top agents and did their administrative system work. You've been in the real estate field for a long time. I've been in the field over 30 years, and I've been selling for 26. I like to tell people I started when I was six years old. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, you, were, you were a wise child. Yes. All right. Well, when you got started in the real estate sales side, did you have a fast start or a slow start? Well, I had some advantages when I got started because, number one, I had worked with a top agent who is now in California, but I had learned the value of, of really being committed 
and doing the right things as far as being in front of people. So honestly, I would say I had a, a really a good start. Plus, I was single. I had three children to take care of. That was a dog, a cat, and a horse. And I was the only breadwinner. So I had to make a living. There wasn't an option, and it was not a luxury just to not. So I really did have a great start, Mike. You mentioned you've been in the business for a little over 30 years and real estate sales for 26. How many homes did you sell last year? Well, last year was one of my lower numbers, actually. We sold 85 that we closed on, compared to my normal is around 100 every year. Do you remember the volume last year? It was over $21 million. Now, You mentioned that you were a little bit off of your normal pace of 100 closings a year. What happened? Well, Mike, in June of last year, I experienced the biggest challenge of my life. And my husband of 25 years, my, my best friend, my mentor, my soulmate, had a horrible horse accident. And it was June 18th that he ended up in flight for life helicopter to MCR where he suffered a traumatic brain injury. And we were there for 30 days. Um, We brought him home with 24-7 care for another 30. I was out of the office, completely out of the office for seven weeks straight, which I've never been in my whole career. And without a good team, without great systems, without great checklists, I would never make it through that. So I really look back on 2013 and say, wow, I had a fabulous year for what I went through. I learned so much, not about just real estate, but about life. I learned to really do the A projects, not the B and C. I learned to delegate better than I ever have. I learned how to pack things into a tighter schedule than I'd ever done. I'm still not back on track exactly with the way that I was as far as my hours or what I did, and maybe I won't be because we're still healing a brain, and boy, does it take a long time. But I'll tell you, it really put a change on real estate, and as far as realizing where the priorities are, I was very open with my clients and my sphere, and they have, and still today do, um, support me. And I'm glad that I did that because there was an option to keep it quiet and just you know ignore it and pretend and not let them know what was going on in my world because I did lose clients because they didn't want to bother me you know, during that time. But I'm glad I chose to involve them and let them know because it's really been a help to me and to my support. So when you look at real estate and you really sit down and say, okay, after doing it 26 years, you learn very quickly how to change the things you have to change in order to survive and keep things going. Power, you release that really big time when you go through a challenge like this. Control, you release that big time when you go through a change like this. Micromanaging, you release that. There's a lot of things that come to a change that I'd wanted to do for a long time but never had got around to it, and the dear Lord helped me learn that through Richard's accident. Is Richard doing better now? Thank you, Mike. Yes, you know, we're getting there. It's, it's, it's amazing. His biggest thing right now is stamina. He has none. By about 5 o'clock in the evening, he's pretty well done. His memory kind of comes and goes long-term, short-term, depending upon what time of day it is. And a lot of the times I can help him recover to remember what's going on. He's in a lot of therapy um, from hyperbaric, occupational. Um, he does Pilates. And he's, he's graduated from speech therapy now and some of his physical therapy. He's back to um, taking care of the horses as far as chores. We cannot let him ride for the rest of probably another year. 
but he's not, you know, during the day, he's, he, boy, Mike, his mind, watching this come together is like a puzzle. And we're just a few pieces short is <laughs> where I tell people. But praise God, we're going to get there. And I know that. And I feel that. And I've never doubted that, ever, ever. I've never doubted that. So every day to me is a miracle. Every day is a blessing. And it's like raising the child I never had because a lot of times he's like someone who's under 10 years old. And I've had to really learn that patience word, which my kind never even knew how to spell it, let alone how to do it. <laughs> so, yes, we're going to get there. But it, what's really been amazing is learning the patience, learning to be calm, learning to keep quiet, learning to get into that curiosity of asking him what does he mean has then really flowed over to my real estate in a way I never dreamed that would happen. I'm better with my team. I'm more patient with them. You know, I'm a high DI personality. And what I get with a real S as a client would drive me crazy. And I find now that I have more patience, because again, I've learned to spell it, than I ever had. So everything happens for a reason. I truly believe that. And I watch how I have changed in eight months from going through this with Rich. But to answer your question, yes, he, he is much better. He, we're going to get there. It's just interesting how we have to communicate and change things sometimes. Wow. Well, he's, he's very lucky to have you there. It sounds like you're really driving this. You've been very supportive, and you have a lot of faith and trust that everything's going to turn around and work out, and it, and it seems to be playing out that way as well. That had to be quite an ordeal, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it all works out. Me too, Mike. We'll keep you posted. Well, it sounds like it, you've learned a lot of lessons from this experience, and you've applied them to your business. It had to be really hard for you to let go of the reins, especially with such a, a small team. There's just the three of you. It's not like you could hand your duties off to another agent on the team. Are the other two people on the team, are they licensed? Could they pick up a lot of those agent activities? Well, here's the beautiful part. One is licensed, one is not, because I have a contract manager who's licensed and a listing manager who's not. But I work at the group real estate in Fort Collins, and here's the beauty of this company. When this all happened, I had several partners, and that's what we call ourselves because we actually are partners in the company, just come to the team and say, what can I do? They weren't expecting a referral. They weren't expecting payment. And I had two key ones that really jumped to the plate and just took over with buyers, took over with negotiating on, on uh, contracts that came in on listings, and they just took over. And I had a very, very strong contract manager who then, once it would go under contract, then she just took it you know, and handled it, which she's done. And a very strong listing manager that when the offer would come in or the listing would come in, she'd just take over and handle everything to do with that, which she was normally used to doing. So the beauty of this company, Mike, was that because I don't per se have true buyer agents like other teams do, I have a company that is like a family. And they just, they just came in and just, they just said, what can I do? And they just took over. That is fantastic. Yeah, the day of his accident, Mike, I mean, I walked out with 19 under contracts in place with four listing appointments the next day, and I walked out and didn't come back for seven weeks. So they just, and then the business just continued. It just was amazing. Amazing. And the fact that you had put systems in place and people in place to keep that moving, you must have been proud that everything could operate without you being there physically for those seven weeks. You know, proud is, is a wonderful word, amazed, honored, delighted. And just, I think so much of it too, you know, Mike, is that everything in our office 
is a system and has a checklist. And that way everything gets handled the same every time. Nothing gets missed because every every checklist has to be followed with everything they do. And it's just it's like a little well oiled machine that just keeps ticking and keeps going along. And even when, you know, the partners came and, and stepped in, team then could just take it over because everything's laid out on what to do. When the listings were coming up for expiration, there's a checklist on what to do. They just did it. And that, I think, is my saving grace, is that I've always run my business like a business. I've learned that from Larry Kendall many years ago, and I treat it that way. So it's like every day when I walk in, everyone knows what we do. We always have a little team meeting uh, every morning to make sure we're all on track and of all the projects I've given them, where are we at with them, what needs to be done for the next two days, not just today, so we can keep looking ahead and making sure it's all planned. So therefore, when that happened and I just stepped away, I mean, even the clients were beautifully cared for because the contract manager actually did call and say, Tammy's not going to be you know, communicating with you because my job is every Thursday morning um, from about 9 to 11, I call all the under contracts. And every other Thursday, I call the listings so that I stay in touch that way while the team keeps everything going while I'm not talking to them. They were all informed that I may be out for a while. They didn't honestly know how long, but that they were here to answer and help, and they had backup partners to go into place if they needed that. So even in talking with the clients, because I did call the ones who closed when I wasn't there, and I asked, how did it go? How were you taken care of? And honestly, Mike, they were all very pleased. And it was amazing to be able to step out of that and just have it run for you. You have created a true business. Mm-hmm. You know, the only thing that when you're doing that, that the thing that is in a small team, though, is the rainmaker still needs to be there to keep that rain coming. So even though it ran beautifully with everything going on, after about the two months, I had to really regenerate the rain again. But it all ran beautifully when it was all coming in. But with a small team and with my team members, the way they're set up, they're not set up to generate. So that was a great lesson for me, that as I look at what I'm going to do for the next few years and, and before retirement, which I think I'll be 103 when I actually do retire, <laughs> but healthy 103, I'll put it that way. Um, but I, I need to find how the other top agents have really learned how to make the phone still ring when they're not around, because that's the one piece I would say I'm lacking that I need to learn, because otherwise, as far as I've got the systems, the checklist, and I've got the team all set up to handle everything when the rainmaker is making the rain. Ah, okay. So that is a, a quest that you're on right now to figure out how to generate rain if you're not there. Yes, sir. Okay. Very good. Well, that's something else I'm going to want to follow up on and, and see what conclusion you come to. Well, and you know, Mike, I think it's always a good thing to have a quest and a learning because the minute you think you've got it all down, you don't. And you're not sharp, and you're not on your game if you think you know it all. And I've always been a sponge. I mean, you'll see me at all state conventions. You'll see me traveling to CRS. You'll see me going to all any learning opportunity I can get into because I love it. And I want to keep the spring fresh and growing and all the new stuff. And, you know, I love our rookies and all the new people coming into the business because they bring a different, you know, little tweaking of it. And I love that. So I just always want to be learning and growing. But, yes, that's my quest right now is to figure that one out. How many homes have you sold in your career? Well, over the years, Mike, the homes I've sold were pushing 2,000. And I think that is just fabulous because I don't look at it as homes. I look at it as how many families or individuals have I helped, you know, find the dream of the American dream. And so we're pushing 2,000. I think that's pretty cool. 
That is awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Tell us, where is Fort Collins, Colorado? Fort Collins, Colorado is one hour north of Denver. What is the population there? We've grown to 151,000, which is pretty amazing. And it's just, we have a college, we have CSU here, and we have about 151,000, and it, but it still feels small town. And one of the favorite things I love about showing homes to people who are coming here from other states, they just can't believe how friendly everyone in Fort Collins is. You walk downtown, and you better be ready to smile and say hello, because that's what's going to happen when you're walking in old town. And people wave when they're driving in the cars, and you know, our crime rate is low, and we've got great schools, and it's just, it's a fabulous place to live, and it's beautiful. We have all four seasons. It's an awesome place to live, and every time I travel, I'm thrilled to come home and call this home. Describe your current real estate market. You know, we're having, I think, similar to what other areas are having. We're having lack of inventory, and it's, it's going to get worse, I think, in 2014. And so, boy, you've got to be a good listing agent, which I've always loved doing that anyway. Our average price in Fort Collins has gone up to about 270000 Now, that's a healthy growth, because when I started selling in 1987, the average price was eighty eight. So to me, that's healthy versus East Coast, West Coast. It had huge ups and huge downs. So I love the fact that we're pretty healthy. Um, types of homes, you know, where our price, average price is 270 We are really into that entry, middle ground of homes. Our real luxury homes, we have very few over a million. When I hear someone who has the average price of a million dollars, I'm going, wow, that's like four or five homes to me. So we have million-dollar properties. We have, you know, Six to nine hundred thousand dollar homes. That's not really our huge marketplace, but we are really seeing the three to six hundred pickup. Um, time on the market is just crazy right now. Anything that comes on the market that's listed under three fifty is gone in a day. If it takes ten days, we're kind of wondering what's the problem. Four to six hundred thousand is maybe taking ten days to a month, and over seven hundred thousand is maybe three or four months. So you know. Inventory is really low, which drives your price up, and it changes the whole dynamics because if you're in a six-month or under market, you're definitely a seller's market. If you're six months and over on time in the market, you are you know, a buyer's market. So right now, our sellers are winning, especially if they want to sell and not replace it, unless they're going to that upper end. Then that's the best dynamic because they can sell quick, and if they're going to change and go up in that upper price, then they've got more inventory and more options. With interest rates looking to climb this year, we're really sharing with our buyers that you know you need to get on the stick because the thing is, once those rates go up, your buying power goes down. And then that changes your dynamics all over again. So we have a healthy market. We have a good market. I'm even seeing the acreage is selling really good. And that's kind of the ones that kind of draw behind. And of course, my heart is with acreages. And we put two nice acreages under contract last week that have actually been on the market for a few months. So I'm excited about the market and what it's doing here. Do you have a niche or a specialization in your market? You know, everyone thinks that I specialize in the acreages because I do sell quite a few of them, and I love that part. I don't, that's not all I do, though, where I would starve because there's not enough of them to sell. But I love the fact that when I do get a call that they say, you know, we know you specialize in horse properties because you understand what an automatic water is and a round pen and rubber mats and stalls. And I also have, you know, realtors that will call up and say, what do you have coming up with this type of property? So I would say that might be my my niche or my specialty. But what I like to say is I really specialize in whatever the client needs at the time. 
And whether that be you know a hundred thousand dollar one bedroom condo or that million dollar you know acreage with a nice indoor arena, I specialize in what the customer needs and what and to service them. How do you generate your leads in business? You know, I do the ninja path, and I really work my previous clients, my sphere. I believe in staying in front of the people. I believe in creating relationships, and I believe in repeat and referrals. And I've done that for years, Mike. And you do that by having a heart that cares and not eyes with dollar signs. And it's by always, you know, being the teacher and being the, the real estate advisor and coming from a space of gratitude and a space of abundance and not scarcity. And so I really stay in touch with my previous clients and sphere. And I have a lot of different ways that I do that. And it's fun. I have a lot of fun things. I'm not, I'm not normal. And when you get to know me, I do a lot of kooky stuff. And it's just, and, and clients know that. And it's, you know, how many people at my beautiful age still do those crazy things? And I think that's just a fun part about it. I do a lot to stay in touch with them. Well, let's dive into that. Let's get into how you're generating your business from your past clients and sphere of influence. First of all, let's talk about the database itself. How many people are in your database? Well, in my total database, I probably have 4,000, but I don't work that total as far as how I really market that. And I have them all split out. I'm on Real Estate for Act or Act for Real Estate as far as what my database is and my software. And how I've got those 4,000 split out is there's probably about 400 that are previous clients. There's about 450 that are somebody who has breathed, referred, talked about selling real estate. I've done a listing appointment, but they haven't listed yet. There's a huge chunk of that that then is our realtors, in-state realtors on one list, out-of-state realtors on another list. And I really, I, I am so blessed to be referred by so many realtors. It's a big chunk of my business. So that's how my database looks, Mike. But it's, you know, it sounds huge to begin with, but it's very broken down. And then I have what I call my top 50 that um, are my card-carrying fans. And they get even special treatment above and beyond the others um, because they are the ones that if someone says real estate, they say Tammy. And they absolutely are my lifeblood for referrals, and I take very good care of them. Did I understand you correctly to say that in your database, about 400 of those folks are past clients? Is that correct? I like to call them previous, Mike, because past means they're gone. Previous means they'll come back. <laughs> Very good. So the, the 400 previous clients, you've closed 2,000. How did the list get weeded down to, or carved down to 400? Well, because several of them moved out of town or out of state. And so they get a mailer once a year. They're on a different list, okay? So they're part of that 4,000, but they're not in the 400 that live here and still in town. So that would be sellers who've moved to California, Texas, wherever. And they get a mailer every January just in case they might move back. I don't want them to forget me, but they only get one mailer, and I don't really personally call them anymore. So that's how that list has dramatically dropped down. Plus, you know, unfortunately, every once in a while, someone will use another realtor, I can't believe it. It's always amazing to me. But when that happens, I mean, I don't keep pursuing them and talking with them. Obviously, they've come in flow with someone else, and there's no reason to do that. Or I have to tell you, at least off the top of my head, 10 of my previous clients are now realtors. Well, I'm not going to keep marketing them. They're not going to buy from me again. 
so that, you know, all those things have happened that has reduced those numbers to just around, and it's probably pushing 500. You mentioned how you removed some people from the database. You mentioned why it's the size it is. You mentioned that you're using a software ACT for real estate. That's unique. Tell me, why did you choose that software and how is it working for you? Well, I chose it because it's simple and I can operate it. It's, it's tweaked a little bit from the original software you'll buy because about eight years ago, I had a fabulous assistant who was like computer techie, amazing. And she said to me, well, what do you want ACT to do for you? And so I told her. And so she set it all up within its system to generate all the things I want. And the reason I chose it is because it is easy to operate. It's easy to understand. It prints me my daily to-dos. It prints out the birthday cards, the anniversary cards. We track our listings. We track our under contracts. We track everything on it. And so that's why I chose it. It's not internet-based. I didn't want internet-based because I've I've just seen how problems you have when your internet goes down and then you're stuck and you're froze. And I never wanted that. So that's why I chose it. How many people in in the list of 4,000, the 4,000 database are sphere of influence? Sphere of influence are the people who know and love me, maybe haven't actually bought a house, maybe have referred me people. That's probably about 600. Okay, so let's go into how you're staying in front of and in touch with your previous clients and sphere of influence. What exactly are you doing? So we're looking for, did you make phone calls or mails or emails or, you know, what exactly are you doing to stay in touch with those folks? Well, I think you have to do an art and a science. So I think the art part is the fun, which I'll share with you, and the science part is what's the meat of the market and what's going on in real estate. And I think you have to blend that because all of your clients are DISC personalities just like I am. So if I constantly was getting graphs and charts from somebody, you know what I would do with that. It would be thrown away. So I think you have to work and blend that and not always send out or do what you like because you're only one little part of that population. So I have something planned for every month, and it's all done in the business planning in November. I always do my my retreat to figure out how my year went in November, and I do my advance with my team in December, and we have all of our marketing and everything done before January 1 hits so we know what's going on. January is always like a Happy New Year letter. Uh, that can be a fun postcard with a crazy picture because that's where I'm kind of a little not normal. February is always my favorite. I always send out a postcard uh, to all my, my sphere and my previous clients that says, thank you for all you've done for me over the years. And in gratitude, I'd love to give you a free rose for Valentine's Day. And I work out with a local florist that they take in that, that postcard. And at that time, they were given a beautiful rose with greeneries and all this gorgeous, gorgeous arrangement for a much reduced price because I'm very frugal. And it's amazing what that has done over the years. I mean, especially to some of my older clients that maybe have lost their husbands. I've had them call and and cry and say, Tammy, I haven't received a rose in years. This was so special. Well, when you touch someone like that, guess what they do when they think real estate? So in March, we play with St. Patty's Day. And once in a while, I'll, I'll pull in some emails and I'll do some email blasting. But I don't do it every time because you know what? Once someone checks off that, but they don't want to hear from you again, then you're done. So if you are relying only on email blasts to go out to everybody, you're going to lose touch with people. But I'll play with uh, St. Patty's Day outfit, and I've also given away cookies on St. Patty's Day. In April, we will do little 
labels, return address labels, you know, one sheet of them, and we'll mail them out to them with a spring little flower or something on there and, and say thank you so much for springing our year ahead and hope we have a, you know, a great year together. I always do a notepad, one notepad a year because everyone loves notepads. And I'll tell you, one year I didn't do them. I had people calling <laughs> saying, oh, we're out of notepads, which I just thought that was kind of fun. Fourth of July, I'm very patriotic. I'm very, I feel very blessed to live in this country. And I always do something very strong patriotic with pictures of flags and that type of thing. And that's always a postcard mail out. In August and September, we kind of play towards the kids and we offer drawings that if People will come to the website. We'll do a drawing for a free gift certificate to go to Office Depot for the kids and get school supplies and, and that type of thing. In October, we always do free pumpkins. And again, I go to one of the landscaping companies that offer a discount for if I have 100 to 500 people show up wanting a pumpkin that I want to get a, a special rate on that. And we send that out for them. In November, we always do a Thanksgiving card. I do a Thanksgiving card versus a Christmas card because everyone does Christmas cards and you kind of get lost. So I always do a Thanksgiving card. Now, all of my cards, Mike, from birthday cards, my home anniversary cards, my Thanksgiving card, they're not Hallmark. They're Spalding Mark. And I have more fun with these than probably anything on the planet. And I, I dress up in costumes because... I'll share what I do in October about that too, but I dress up in costumes. I'm always watching for fun cards Hallmark does do, and then we tweak and change them so we can utilize them for ours, and we just have a ball with that. And I still personally sign all of my cards with little notes. So we do November Thanksgiving cards. I don't sign those. I should backtrack on that one. December is always, we mail out a Christmas letter, not a card, but it goes in with a calendar for the next year. Now, there was a huge learning opportunity, Mike. Two years ago, I did a survey because the calendars I make and design, I love photography, and I do all my own pictures for my calendars every year, and they're always a different theme, and I've done this now for about 15 years, and I've always gone out and had fun with that, and then they create them, and then we mail them. Well, they're not cheap, and I thought, you know, in the digital age that we're in, how many people really use a wall calendar? So we did a survey, and I hired a couple high school students, and they came in, and they had their little set of questions, and they went through that whole thousand previous clients in the sphere and called them, which number one was awesome that someone had actually called them. They not only asked them, you know, do we have your correct email? Are you still at this address? Hoping they didn't say no. <laughs> but then we asked them, you know, Tammy every year has sent you a calendar, and she's really looking for your honesty, and her feelings won't be hurt at all. But yes, you love it, you look forward to it, you use it, or no, you just throw it away because you use your iPhone or whatever. Guess how many did not use it and threw it away? Uh, 50%. 20%. Oh, 50%. 50, Mike. 50. <laughs> wow. You know how much money I saved? <laughs> so I still send a little Christmas letter to those 50%, which is about 500, and I always put on there, P.S., if you would like a calendar, please let me know. I'd be happy to mail you one. And I've never had anyone call or email asking for it. So now at the closings, when we're closing, one of my questions of many is I ask them, and I show them, every year I produce this, this calendar. Is this something you would love to receive next year or not? And then they tell me yes or no, and then that goes into a separate little list of who gets a calendar. So there's kind of what is mailed or emailed. All of my previous clients on their birthday 
get a birthday card with little gift certificates in there to local establishments that will give them freebies or money off, and my I call and sing happy birthday. Now, I am no Reba McIntyre, but they just love it. (laughs) And that for seven weeks this year didn't get done with the clients during Richard's accident. But I do. I have my little birthday list here, and I call them up. And whether I get them personally or I get them on their voicemail, I I just sing them a little couple lines of happy birthday. And some of the people who have not bought or sold with me for like, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, they just can't believe it that I'm still doing that. And yet that's my one time I can definitely touch base and talk to them. And then the previous clients, the 400 list, I take that list alphabetically. And every month I take a certain number, I split it up basically into the 12 months, that I have to call and touch base once a year and just say, how are you? How's the family? You go into that forward question situation. What's going on at work? You know, what have you been doing for, for fun? And I, I call them and leave a message or talk to them at least once a year and in the birthdays twice a year. And that, I think, is huge because how many people will do that and keep touch with those, those people? Are you mailing out once a month or were there a couple months where they were combined? Once a month, I'm either mailing or emailing. So I, I play with that. And I probably only email those three or four times a year. Okay? And, and honestly, I don't think there's very many that are duplicated in there. Most because I try to just do once a month. I've heard a lot of people talk about doing two, three times a month. And I've just never gotten into that. And I, I look at myself personally, and I think if my insurance agent or whoever was mailing me something two or three times a month, it would aggravate me <laughs> more than you know, affect me positively. So I just do once a month. It also sounds like you try to incorporate yourself, your image, into a lot of these mail-outs. Is that true? Well, I do, and in a fun way, not the not the stuffy business way of the you know the mugshot on something. Uh, I'm always doing something fun with it. Even when I send out the pumpkin, you know, here's a free pumpkin card. It's me holding three or four, or me peeking behind you know pumpkin, you know, setup or something. It's not just a, a stock pumpkin card. The rose card that goes out, I actually went to the florist where we get the roses and had him put all these dozens of roses around me like I was just this little queen in the middle of these flowers and took the postcard picture that way. So on the Thanksgiving card, I've done anything from chasing a wild turkey. Actually, it was in a little zoo area, but chasing the wild turkey to holding a stuffed one to having flour all over my face and acting like I was trying to bake something for Thanksgiving because I don't cook. And, you know, doing all those fun things that, no, it's not just a, a mug shot because, let's face it, how much time do you have when they pick it up out of the mail, look at it, and before it goes to the trash? You know, there's a time frame there. And I want to catch one or two more seconds, and I want to make them laugh. Because when they laugh, it brings great things to their body, their soul, and their memory. And they always, I always hear, you know, you just always make me laugh. I love being around you because you're always happy. And that's what I want to hear. Because that will, that will create that relationship with your clients that is just, that's what it's all about. You mentioned you have this top 50 group. I assume that you're doing all these things for the top 50. Are you doing additional things for them? Yes, I am. So a couple of things. I 
have a lot of season tickets to a lot of different things, to our Lincoln Center for our plays, our musicals. I have hockey tickets. I have rodeo tickets. I have all these different tickets that I purposely buy to give away. And I always love it, and I, I have a special way of doing it. I usually call, like, if the event is on a Friday night, I'll start making my calls around Wednesday because I really, truly want to get through several before one says yes. I know it sounds crazy, but you've given them the gift of it even if they can't go. And so I always call around a couple of days before the event, and so I have several, like I said, more, all those items. We then also, we do a special thing for their birthdays that they actually get a little gift. And I mean, it's minimal. It's maybe, it's maybe a little tiny cake that's made at the bakery with their little name on it that's hand-delivered, and not usually by me because I don't have time to do that, but a little cake that's delivered to them. Those top people, I kind of know their hobbies, and I know their likes. So if they're into horses, you know, it's something that's easy for me, something horsey is going to go to them. If they're into golf, I'm going to, you know, treat them to, you know, maybe some new golf balls or something like that. So they're going to get something special on their birthday as far as a little gift. And so little things like that. And, and then they're going to be invited to luncheons with me. And I like to do luncheons because, again, right now, evening dinners are, are kind of out of the question because I don't want to be there by myself and Rich can't join me for right now. So I'm doing lunches. And I'll take them to a real nice restaurant. And I'll just invite like four or six of them um, to come. And then they all kind of get to meet each other. And it's really quick and easy, and yet they're treated special. And I tell them why. You know, I tell them, I'd like to invite you to lunch and have you meet some other of my card-carrying fans, and you guys are so fabulous, I want you to meet each other. And so then we go to lunch together. So little things like that that go a long, long way. One of my fun things that I do, too, I forgot to share with you, that has really become popular throughout a lot of realtors, is in November is the pie giveaway day. I love that day. It's the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and we invite – this is for the A-list people, the top 50. This is for everyone who's closed a home in the last two years. And we have had anywhere from 100 to 200 people come to get pies. And they have to email me and tell me if they want apple or pumpkin. I block the whole day out. I actually, from 9 to 4, I'm here at the office. We bring all these pies into the closing room. They're stacked clear up. And then I'm just there. It's like an open house. But think about that. They all come to my office. I get to see them. They get to see the office again. We get to talk, hug. It's just fabulous. And so that's one of my favorite days, too. How do people get on your top 50 list? It's the amount of people they refer. So... You know, I don't care what you do. Some people are going to either feel comfortable or not comfortable referring you. My own family doesn't refer me, so what does that say? (laughs) And you can teach and train people to refer, but some people are going to feel really good about it and some people are not. I've got, I can think of three right now off the top of my head, my top 50 that I probably get a referral from them every other month. And it doesn't mean that I always help those people buy or sell, and that doesn't matter. The thought that they give me a name or have someone call me who says, you know, so-and-so said to call you is it's all what it's all about. And they should be taken care of because they're doing that, not whether I was able to sell a house or not. And so they get on that list because they are card-carrying fans of Tammy Spaulding. Earlier you mentioned that you make the birthday calls, the call on the birthday could you walk us through the script? How does that go? You, you don't have to do the big sing-along, but <laughs> how does the script I go? The call. <laughs> <laughs> so I call up, and so, you know, pretend that it's your birthday. 
and you answer the phone. Sure. Hello. Hey, is this Mike? Yeah, this is Mike. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Hey, Mike, it's Tammy Spalding. What are you doing today? <laughs> wow. Well, I'm I'm having a good birthday. <laughs> oh, I am so glad. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. I know it's a special day, and I just, I was thinking about you. I wanted to call and say happy birthday, and I really hope it's great. What are you doing special for this evening? Oh, I think that uh, me and the kids and the wife are uh, all going to have a nice meal. Oh, I'm so glad. And speaking of that, would you tell her and the kids I said hello and give them big hugs for me? Uh, we will. All right, Mike. I know you're busy. It's your big day, but happy birthday. Uh, thank you so much, Tammy. Thanks for calling. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. That's it. I mean, we don't talk real estate. We don't talk about who you know wants to buy or sell. It's all about them. And it's all about their special day. And everyone feels special on their birthday. I've only had, <laughs> in all these years, one client who flat told me, don't ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's one of those clients that you decide that it's okay and you know maybe you won't work with them again. <laughs> but they love it. I assume a lot of times you get voicemail rather than talking to the person. What do you do then? I pretty much do what I just did with you. I sing a little bit more. And then I just, I sing to them. I say, I hope you're having a great day. I hope you're doing something special. If I know they have a family and a wife, I'll, I'll say their names. I hope you're going out with, you know, whoever tonight for dinner and that they really take good care of you. And just want to know I was thinking about you, Mike. Have a great birthday. And then I hang up. You know, that's such a great idea. My wife and kids, they love to call up the family members on their birthday and sing them the birthday song. And I assume a lot of people do that. So when you're doing that, you must really create a lot of warm fuzzies for people that you're part of the family. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, with that whole thought in mind, I have that list printed off um, every Monday. And then I carry it with me because a lot of times I do it in the car. And, you know, if I'm at the car wash waiting on that, you know, I don't do it in the, in the um, lobby area because people think I'm crazy. But, you know, I will do it as I'll walk outside and then I'll call or I'll be on the phone, you know, in the car. And so I've always got it with me. So if you have any downtime, boy, that's when I'm doing my birthday calls. So you mentioned you're also making at least one annual call each year. It doesn't sound like it's event-oriented. It's more that it was just the division of your list. So how does that call go? What's that script sound like? Well, I utilize the Ford very strongly. Now, on my database, I always am keeping track. Every time I've talked to these people, I know what's going on with little Johnny. He graduated last year, or all of a sudden, you know, she was pregnant, and da-da-da. So I always know what's going on in their world because of what's happening. So I'll play back on that. And it's something like pretend that little Johnny did go to college. And I'll say, well, how's that going? You know, I just want to call and see how little Johnny's doing in college, and how's that changed your world with him being gone? And, and that type of thing. Now, on those calls, depending upon how it flows, depending upon how it works, I may make a statement. You know, if it ever is comfortable and convenient for you and you hear somebody who wants a good realtor, always keep me in mind. But I play it. I don't have a, I don't have a total script that I do every time. And a lot of times they'll ask, you know, how's real estate? The interesting part now, of course, they're asking, how's Richard? And so it's a whole different dynamic, you know, on those calls now. But there again, there's the caring part that comes from having a relationship with these people, not just selling them a house. And so I always do in the forward, what's going on with the family, what's going on with their occupation, what are they doing for recreation as far as vacations, and, you know, and have they decided to do that, that rental home yet, you know, type of thing. So it's always kind of a play on them particularly and never a script because I know what's going on with them. And if I don't, it's in the database to remember from last time I called them.
how did you notify everyone of Richard's condition? Did the information just stream out there, or did you make a formal statement or announcement? Well, it, it started out with, with Facebook and CaringBridge, and I will tell everyone on this call right now, be very cautious with that, because one week after the accident and when Richard was still in ICU, someone tried to break into our home. And thank goodness we had a great security system that it didn't play out. And the police officers flat told me, get off. And they even told me what kind of a script to put on there to make sure people knew we were totally protected. So I had to go off Caring Bridge, which was horrible because that was a great way to stay in touch with a lot of people. But once it hit Facebook, here's the beauty, though, of that. All my friends and close family and relatives and real estate partners, even within Colorado and all over the United States, it just spread like wildfire. And I mean, everyone learned and the clients heard from that. I was amazed how strong it got out there, how quickly it got out there. And then what I had to do, though, was when I came back, I had to do what um, you've heard before, like a letter from the heart, telling them that he was okay and that we had him home and he was going to heal because that's when the business was starting to, people were going to other realtors because they didn't want to bother me. That's when I made it a public notice to my sphere and my previous clients, even with a picture of him and I together, even though he looked still a little spacey in, in the eyes, but just to show them that he was alive and he was okay because I really had to publicly put that out there to him to calm them. And then I, I did it like two or three of those just throughout those months um, last year just to let them know, hey, we're, we're doing all right. And never, you know, really talking business at that point. I think the last one I did say, I'm back at the office. I'm ready to help you. We're ready to jump in to let them know it's okay. You know, that I've got everything under control. We're getting Richard healed, but I'm also back to take care of you. So what I had to really do, Mike, was not publicly let it know that it happened, because that kind of happened without me even doing it, but I had to let all my people know that I was okay, Rich is okay, and we're back to business. And that took a probably good three or four months to really, I just now feel like the momentum is really kicking in again um, after everyone knowing that we're all right, we're okay. That was really wise of you to communicate with your people, with your your raving fans, your followers, your database, however you want to think about it, but the people in your sphere and let them know that, that everything is getting back to normal and that you can help. I think that was really wise because things could have deteriorated if you had not done that. Well, Mike, the way I run my career is that, you know, I don't do internet leads and work off social media in that respect. I really work the relationship part. So when you're doing that and your your business comes from that repeat and that referral base, if they think you can't handle it or truly in my position, they didn't want to bother me or put stress on me when they knew what I was going through with Rich, they are going to go other places. So I had to communicate or you're right, it would have not been good. And it also, because I do have such relationships with my people, they cared. They wanted to know. And I personally could not call and talk to everybody who had been calling. So that's why I chose to do the way I did and just let them know that we're, we're going forward. You know, it's by no means is he, is he totally healed and everything's beautiful and back to normal. That's not the case at all. But in their eyes, it's normal enough that I can be back in the office and I can take care of them. Because it really boils down to no matter what you're going through in your world, no matter what challenges you're having as a realtor, they care to a point but it's their world that they want you to take care of. And I understand that. I get that. 
So you've got to be strong enough to be able to do that and step back into that and know that you can, that you are mentally, emotionally, and physically capable to go back into that role. Are there any other events that you do throughout the year to stay in touch with your your people, your database? You've said the pie giveaway. Is there anything else? You know, one of the things I love to do, and it helps two things, is we have a lot of charitable organizations that do a lot of fundraisers throughout the year. And I absolutely love to buy a table and go to these events and then invite those people to join me. And what I always play with, again, because I know those people really well, if I'm going to be at the Humane Society having a table, I'm going to invite people, of course, who love animals. <laughs> you know, if I'm going to go to something with, with RESPA, I'm going to pick the people that I know have maybe had challenges that would love to be involved in something like that. And number one, it gets me out in the community. Um, I'm giving to those charities. But I'm also bringing my sphere into it. And sometimes it's really worked beautiful. They've learned about this organization, and they've then chosen to give and go forward with them. And so what a win-win all the way around. So I always look at I used to just go to show up and, and have, you know, be seen in the community and just be there at a table. And I thought, why would I not? buy a table and bring my own people. I mean, that is just so much more of an open, you know, feeling. And it just is such a win-win. And so that's what I've started doing the last few years. And that's been really rewarding. Um, and then you pick your, your people who work with that particular organization. And it just, it's just awesome. Now, a quick word from our sponsor, Real GTV, real estate agent lead generation television where top agents reveal exactly how they create consistent flows of home buyer and home seller leads into their practices every month. Need more leads? Hit the pause button right now. Open Google and search RealGTV. That's R-E-A-L-G dot TV. Now, back to the show. So you must have some really great notes in your database about, for instance, who is an animal lover, and those would be the people that you would invite to these functions for the Humane Society. Well, and you also better have in your list of who enjoys red wines or who enjoys beer, because I learned the hard way that once I invited some couples to a wine tasting and they were recovering alcoholics, that you know they chose not to come. And I also delivered cookies one time to a client for his loan commitment date, and he's a diabetic. So that's when I started figuring out, you know, Spalding, you better really understand who your clients are and ask the questions and know their hobbies and know them, not just know, you know, what they're going to buy or sell, but know them. Then you can really relate to them and invite them, and then it's so much more meaningful. Is there a way that you collect that information? Is there a formal way, or are you just picking little pieces at a time and adding them to the database? I have a little checklist that when I get to closing, I better have it filled out or then I have to ask them. And that's kind of embarrassing if you have to ask them at that point. So over the years, I've just, you know, especially with buyers, and I still love working buyers. Now, I work, you know, my, I'm pretty by 65, 35 listings versus buyers, but I still love buyers because so it keeps me in the know in the market. Well, when you're with those buyers and you're driving around, you can ask all the questions in the world. And it's really about asking the questions becoming quiet and listening. Because then all of a sudden you learn so much more than the three-bedroom, two-bath, even because you're asking their hobbies, what they love to do, that type of thing. When I'm with sellers, I'm very conscious when I tour that home the first time, what's in that house. They'll have pictures, they'll have plaques. You will know if you're paying attention 
if you're paying attention, if you care. If you're just there to see, do they have granite, do they have tile, or what's going on, you're not going to catch what's going on on the walls and what's going on in their lives. So I've just learned over the years just to really ask the questions, listen, pay attention, and then if I don't have them all answered by closing, then I kind of just quiz them and say, you know, I need to know this because fun things will happen for you in the future if I know these things. And then I ask them. You mentioned earlier that you receive a lot of business by referral from other agents and other realtors. Tell us how you're making that happen. What's your program there? Well, first of all, I'm very strong in going to all those conferences. And when I go to the conferences, I don't hang out with all the people I know. I meet new people. And I always ask them for their information. And then they come back and go right into my database. And I have a program that six times a year, so every other month, they get an email or they get a mailer from me, and those are similar to what I'm doing with the clients. It's funny. It's kind of hilarious. It's kind of like catch your eye and say, oh, my gosh, she's so crazy or she's so funny or whatever. And then sometimes there's um, the science part with what's going on in the market. But I stay in touch with those people. And I'll tell you, that has been the most beautiful thing, as all of us do. I've got numerous, numerous thousands of friends on Facebook. But through this whole thing with real estate, my realtor family all over the United States have been fabulous. And when I post something, the comments coming back, because I post about Richard all the time now on Facebook, and my realtor family has just supported and loved on me like crazy. I have been given poems, books, plaques, flowers, scripture readings that it's just been priceless as far as what has happened with the realtor family. So when you create, again, relationships like that, with realtors all over the United States, who are they going to call when they have a Northern Colorado referral? They're going to call Tammy. And I seriously average anywhere from 28 to 33% of my business every year is realtor referrals. And I always tell people, you know, if you've got a Colorado referral, even if, it's, if you don't know where it goes, call me. I know, I know so many realtors in Colorado, if it's not my area, I'll direct you where to go. And so I just want them to know that Colorado, you call Tammy. You talk to Tammy, which is the website. And, you know, that has just been so great. But I didn't know how great it was, Mike, until these last eight months. And now I really feel the love from the relationships I've built with that. I think it's really significant, and it defines your relationship by the way you refer to the group. You don't call it a, a group of agents. You call it the realtor family. Has that always been your feeling towards the group, or did that occur just recently after the incidents of the last year? Do you mean the group as my company? The realtor family, it sounded to me like you were talking about all these agents around the nation that you've been staying in touch with, and as a group, you don't talk about them as all the agents around the nation. You say they're your realtor family. You bet. You know, it, it's changed dramatically in the last eight months. I've always considered the realtors around the United States to, and Canada, I've got some great buddies up in Canada, to have been my friends and not just a realtor acquaintance. We've developed strong relationships through different organizations that I've belonged to over the years. And anytime you see them at conferences, you can hardly wait to catch up and, and talk and communicate. But honestly, I call them totally my family, especially after the last eight months. I, it's just amazing to watch and to feel people's love and compassion when you're in a challenging situation. And they are my family. They are totally my whole family out there that are just 
supporting and loving and hugging on me in a way that I never dreamed would ever happen. And when you go through something like this, you need a lot of support. And to know that all those people out there really care. They're not just there to learn, what did I do new for my buyers this week? Or, you know, what's my new pre-listing package look like? Or what am I doing different in my buyer consultation? They're there because they have developed a relationship with me. And honestly, it's been so inspiring for me to get the feedback from them in a whole different way than just a business relationship. And when you're communicating with people like that all over the United States, again, just guess what's going to happen when they are looking to take care of one of their clients in a state that you do business in. But no, they're my family. I don't consider any realtor anywhere competition for me. I don't go there, even in my own town. And I would share what I do with my biggest competitor if they came and asked me. Because I believe totally in abundance and not in scarcity. And, you know, you can share 100 million things and someone may take one idea and do it. So I am always into an open heart, an open mind, and anyone can pick my brain at any time. And I think when you come from that and then go through an experience like I've gone through, they're there to give and they're there to support. And it's beautiful. I'm just really impressed with the way that you're you're viewing the folks that are out there in in this sphere of yours, again, you don't call them past clients. You don't call them referring agents. You're using terms such as relationship, friends, and family. Absolutely. So it's really a mind shift. Or is that just your personality? You just love to take everybody in. Well, you know, it's one of those things that it's, how did I want to work my business when I started? And that was, it was kind of thought out that way too, in the sense that I really don't want to be knocking on doors or making cold calls when I got to the level of business that I'm doing and the amount of years I'm doing. I wanted people to want to work with me, to want to call me, to want to be in my presence. And I feel that with my previous clients and I feel that with my realtor family. You know, if if they know that they're going to get getting taken care of, being given the red carpet treatment and have fun with their best interest at heart, why would they not want to call me? So, you know, I just also believe that what you give, you receive. And so if I'm giving an open, fun, loving, great heart out there, it's going to come back. And I'm going to attract the people I want in my world. And I believe that too. You know, I don't want people who aren't happy, fun, loving, and believe in giving. They don't need to come to my little playground. I want to have fun people in my playground. And so I believe that if you put it out there, you'll get that. And so I... I just, that's, that's the way I work, Mike. You had mentioned that one of the reasons you've been successful is you have daily rituals. What is your daily ritual? So my daily ritual, the first thing that I start out with when I wake up in the morning before I even get out of bed is my gratitudes. And I will lay there and I will be thankful for everything in my world and I will get my gratitudes to everything. So when I get out of bed, I already feel good. I'm already happy, and I am a morning person, but I just, I think that really starts your day in a way that's different. I also believe in doing daily affirmations, and I believe in it so strongly that I actually have it recorded um, on my iPod that I do my mental push-ups on the way into work because I got about a 35-minute drive, and I've recorded some of my favorite with a spiritual instrumental in the background that repeats it to me three times on each one of these, and I just kind of listen to it, 
And sometimes I don't listen to that. Sometimes I just come in the office and say them. And I'll share some of my favorites with you if you'd like me to. That'd be fantastic. Okay. Some of my fun ones are, my future success depends upon my mindset, not on the economy or the marketplace. I now work with fun, decisive, committed clients. I am at the cause, not the effect of the market. As I create success with ease, I'm a money magnet. Love that one. Playtime creates a happy, successful Tammy. Listings come quicker and sell for top dollar. In an easy and relaxed manner, in a healthy and positive way, I create total success and financial success for the highest good of all. And during Richard's accident, my favorite that I carry with me everywhere, I breathe, I relax, and I do my best, and I trust God for the rest. And that's a few of my favorites. So I do that. I then get into the office. The first thing I do that I get into the office at that point is when I check emails. I do not check emails and get on before I've done rituals and affirmations. I then go through emails, and then I go through the to-do list of ACT to see where we at for the next couple of days, what do I need to go over with the team when we meet? What do I need to have them assigned to? I go through my inbox because the team is not allowed to give me anything during the day unless it has to be that day. Anything to sign or anything to go over, they have to give to me at the end of the day so I get it the next morning so I'm not bombarded and get confused on what I'm doing during the day. So I go through the inbox. I give everything out to them at that point, and then we meet. And when we meet, we talk about what happened yesterday, what's going on, what inspection requests we have to get done today, what projects they're doing, where are they at with all of that. And then every day I have a time set aside for my hour of power. And that's an hour worth of phone calls because I was trained from the very beginning of my career. The day you stop prospecting is the day your career is over. So every day there is a blocked out time for hour of power, and we do that. And then, of course, the normal appointments. The ritual at night is that every, well, I should say five out of the seven nights a week, I swim. And that is my release, and that is my way of getting back in tune with who I am and taking care of my body. And I love that time. I'm alone in the pool, and I just swim and just let things go. So that's kind of my ritual, but I'm very, very strong at doing those daily activities. I'm very committed. I track everything, Mike. I track everything. I, every day I track how many calls I've made, how many listing appointments I've been on, what buyers have gone under contract. So at the end of the month, it's all there, boom. At the end of the year, it's all there, boom. And I know exactly where I'm at at all times with the business. I think it's really important, too, that you absolutely know your finances. Every month I do my own P&L, and I make sure – I don't do it. I, I should back that up. I have a bookkeeper who pays all my bills and takes care of everything, but I actually go through my own P&L every single month and look everything over and make sure that I'm on track. I'm very frugal. I run my business at probably about a 35% expense, and the rest is you know, brought home profit money. So I'm very frugal with that. We've bought rentals over the years for the retirement part of this career, which I think is fabulous. If you're not taking advantage of that opportunity, you should be. So monthly, I'm going over the balance statement. I'm also going over the P&L, making sure everything's in line, and always looking at those numbers because I think that's really, really crucial. Have you always reviewed the P&L? Have you done that your entire career? You know, I've always done one. Have I reviewed it always? Not nearly as strongly as I have the last couple of years. So I've always, I would probably look at it at least quarterly, 
but never as strongly as I do now. And, and now I actually do it every single month and really look at where the expenses went, what happened, what is this all about. I did the advice one time. I got to a conference. It was a Star Power conference a couple years ago, well, probably four or five years ago now. And I heard someone up on stage say, if you ever want to get in control of your expenses and know what's going on, cancel your credit card, your real estate credit card. I thought, that's brilliant. Because, you know, if you're a little conference junkie like I am, you buy all these things and your desk is actually smarter than you are because you have all this stuff that you bought that you put in the desk and you never look at again and the plastic never even comes off of it. And then you're getting monthly charges for all these things you signed up for because you're so excited at the moment. So I did that one year. I was amazed. And that was before I was really tracking my P&L. I canceled the real estate credit card. And, of course, when they don't get an automatic payment, they call you and say, hey, what's going on? And then you just don't resubscribe. It was unbelievable how many things I was paying for that I didn't even know I was paying for. So that was a really great learning opportunity. So it sounds like by reviewing your P&L more often, you were able to get more control over the expense side of your business and whittle those down and therefore improve your profit margins. You know, I think it's really sad, and we've all known realtors over the years who have experienced this, that they're in the limelight, they're doing fabulous production, they're on stage winning all these awards, and then you hear how they go through foreclosure or bankruptcy. That's, that's pathetic. You know, and I, I feel sad for people in those situations. When you are earning the kind of money that we have the opportunity to earn, you have to take charge of that. I, I really, truly believe in um, giving. So I do a lot of money with, with donations and charitable organizations. I truly believe in providing for our future and in, in buying rentals and investments and having them free and clear. I want to always provide for my team and have them know that financially they can count on me. And I think that you've absolutely got, you can't do that if you're not watching it. You know, if you don't have a goal to have a great net worth, then it might not go quite as well planned when you decide to retire. And I watch my net worth every year, and I want that to go higher. And there's few people who have a goal to watch a net worth go up. And so I think that's just kind of fun because, boy, when that thing clicks up on you, that, that's awesome. You're, you're getting prepared for a great retirement life, which, again, I'm not going to do that until 103, so it's going to be a while. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you set the goal for your net worth, have you set a specific number, or do you simply want to improve upon the prior year? Improve upon the prior year. Uh, once again, probably about 10 years ago, Larry Kendall gave a format to follow. And the first time I did it, I was like even shocked because I didn't even know what it was. And I had a hard time with the math even figuring it out. And so from there, every year, I just set a goal to increase that. There's not a set number. I just set a goal to increase that. And, you know, that's, that's been, become very powerful. And it's a whole different way of looking at finances. And, you know, what can you live without and what can you do differently? And, it's just, you know, too many times in real estate, it's so easy to spend a ton of money on personal promotion, marketing, gadgets, education, you name it. And everything has its value and everything has its place. And I truly believe it's just like your series. Mike, I love listening to your, your realtors. And so many of them are my friends that I've listened to because you can always get a little pearl you could always get something you can take home and do and make better. And so everything has its place. But if you're doing 
a lot of stuff that's not working. And if you're not testing it, if you're not going back and saying, did this really benefit me or not, then how do you know? And if you're just spending all this money on it, it might not be the best use of your money. I still believe the best use of my money and my marketing is to use it on my people. And as far as helping them, or you know, I will never turn down a child when they ask me and they get a school project or a fundraiser going on. But the child has to ask me, not the parents, not an email. The child has to come see me or call me personally, and I will give more than the average person to those, those children. But that is money that you're spending. That's way better than buying some bus bench. And I've had bus benches. I don't knock them. I've had bus benches. But, you know, you just had to learn to grow with your career. And what works for you then may not work for you now. And when you're ramping up, you need to get your face out there. But when you're then ramped and you're where you want to be, you don't have to spend all that money where you used to. You can put it in different places. Tammy, you mentioned something called the book. What is the book? <laughs> the book. Well, it's sitting here right in front of me on my desk, and it is, it's my everything. It's got all of my goals, my marketing. On the front, it's got about 20 of those favorite affirmations I just mentioned to you. On the inside, every Monday I change my um, positive affirmation and as far as what it is saying to me. I've got my mission statement in here. I've got my vision, my purpose, my guiding principles that are all there. Then there's the tracking that I was telling you about that I track every day what I do, every month what I do. Then there's the business plan that outlines the 13 items for 2014 business plan that we track. I don't have a to-do list. I have what I call my success list for 2014. And I think that sounds more positive than a to-do list. So I've got all the things on there that during 2014 I want to accomplish. You know, one of them, to give you an example, is I really need to tour all the horse facilities in Fort Collins. We've had some new ones come, some close. And where I want to be the one in knowledge of that, I need to go tour those. So there's my success list. I have the three pages that the team does every year. It's really kind of fun. It's a great exercise if you never have done this. And it's called, it's a big letter that says achieve. And for the year, we have to come up with just words on what for 2014 do we want to achieve. To give you an example, one of here is raving fans. Um, one is balance. One is dedication. And then there's several more. We also have the little title that says, what do we want to avoid in 2014? One is confusion. One is chaos. One is disorganization. And, then we're, and there's other words. And again, this is not my words. This is everyone from the team coming up with them. Then there's one that I kind of love, and it's called, what do we want to preserve for 2014? And I actually, I just loved it when I heard the team come up with this. Because one of them they said they wanted to preserve was silly Tammy, laughs, values, working together, and excellence. And so I just thought, I love that one. And then I've got, you know, my just one thing for the year that I have to, that I come up with my goal for personal, what's one thing I want to do, what's one thing with family I want to do, what's one thing at work I want to do, one thing with the team, one thing at home, and what's, what's one thing I want to learn. And I do that every single year. And then I've got the goals as far as broken down into quarterly goals because we all know there's different things that happen throughout the year. So we have our quarterly goals. And then I have my statistics that the team does. I track all my listings under contracts and closings on a graph because I'm very visual when it comes to that. And I've got that in here. There's a division for the marketing because remember we already did that in November. So all my homes and land ads are right here with what pictures need to be done or taken. 
what's the mailers or the emails out to the previous clients? What's going to my top 50 list? All right here. What's going to my realtors? Already planned out. Then I have a, a, a tab that's called my 10 steps. I grew up with an alcoholic father who through AA, he had his, his 12 steps. So I've got my 10 steps. And my first one is, what are the 10 specific things that I will accomplish to keep our existing business? Next one is, what's 10 specific things I'll accomplish to generate new business? What steps are we taking to improve the quality of service? I always share with people that you know when you travel, you can stay at a Motel 6 or you can stay at a Ritz. They both leave the light on. But is there a difference in how you're treated? And I want to give the Ritz treatment to my customers. Then one of the things that I think is the most, always every year, rewarding and gives the biggest aha is to fill out this one. It says, what will our business look like when we have it built? Powerful statement. You know, if you could wave your magic wand, Mike, tomorrow morning and walk into the perfect office, how would you be greeted? What would it look like? How would your customers be greeted? How would that look? In a perfect world, are you going to do a one-step listing, a two-step listing, or in some cases not even go to the home? In a perfect world when your business is really built, how many sellers will you work with versus how many buyers? In a perfect world, what will you do for closing gifts or not do? In a perfect world, how many hours will you work? How many days vacation will you take? What we focus on expands, and what we put out to the universe comes back. So when you do this little exercise, it really is a beautiful roadmap to kind of help that come into play for you. So that's part of it. Year-to-date analysis, I have got my records clear back from 1988 of every year, every month, how many listings, how many under contracts, how many closings are all in this one little stack. I keep track in another tab of the referrals I send out to realtors because you know what? We're all busy. We all forget. And I have my team every 30, 45 days call those realtors and say, how are you doing with that referral? I mean, honestly, it has made more money over the years just keeping them, reminding them that we've sent that referral and keeping that, because I call it play money. To me, when you send out referrals, that's play money. When those checks just show up for nothing, that's fun. So I keep track of that. Then in the very back, I've got the group rules because we have a piece on mastery that we read at our sales meeting. We have our working philosophy, our rules of the game, our company values, the laws of life. We have the Ten Commandments of Customer Service. We have the Ninja Nine, and they're all in the back. The very last things that are in this book, and all these are in little plastic sleeves because I do look through them all the time, is my favorite pictures. I've got pictures in here, of course, of Richard and I, our horses, my family. I've got pictures of Walt Fry, Larry Kendall, Sam Monroe, Howard Britton, when Eric Thompson first came as president of the company. I've got all my favorite pictures, my girlfriends, my guy friends, the happy times that on those days that maybe it's just kind of a little crazy, I just look at those pictures and it makes me laugh and smile, and it's all better. And that's what I call the book. Wow, that has to be a massive book. How big is that thing? <laughs> it's about two and a half inches thick. <laughs> and, you know, in today's digital world, I'm sure there are there, there's realtors on this call going, oh, my gosh, I don't even have a piece of paper in my office on my desk on a little book. And, yes, this could all be on the computer, but I'm just, my preference is I want to touch it, 
and I want to hold it while I'm looking at it. And it's just worked for me, and I don't see me giving it up. While you were going through your list of what's in the book, I was thinking about what is this, and it hit me this is a, a living business plan. And then it really hit me that it's even more than that. It's really a, a living life plan. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Because, again, there's a lot of things in here for business. But when you look at my guiding principles, my relationship goals, my personal goals, my financial goals, and my spiritual goals are in the front of this book. And so that all is totally, sure, personal and business, everything combines and it all goes together. But it, it is a living living, breathing book. You said that some of that information goes back to 89. Have you been keeping this book since then, or, or when did you start putting together this book? You know, I've been keeping records since then, but the book, actually the book, I've had to change it out a couple times because you know, it gets a little battered, but the book I probably have been doing, oh my goodness, I bet at least 15, 18 years. Long time long time. And it's fun because at our company, we have a lot of followers of the book and they've all kind of tweaked and, and do their own thing. But it's kind of become, you know, you look at who is really having a great career and enjoying life and they have this thing called the book. And I'm just a proud little mama when I see that happen. It's like, oh, it's so cool. They're following along and doing that. And a lot of our coaches have really encouraged it, you know, throughout the years because it just, again, you run your business like a business. You know, we always think that every Monday morning you have a, should have a meeting with yourself to really look over everything and be prepared for the week and know what's going on. And even if you don't have a team, you need to have a Monday morning meeting with yourself and say, where am I? You know, what's my goals this week and what do I want to do? Because we get so busy that um, you can be busy to being busy, being busy and never sell a house. And that's not the goal. And so you've got to look at your week and say, how many one-on-ones do I have? How many times this week am I going to be in front of a living person? And if you're not, you better schedule it. One thing I've learned, too, that, you know, if you're not seeing a lot of people, call someone up and ask them out for coffee. Call them up and ask them out to go to lunch. Because real estate always comes up. I mean, it's just, it's an intriguing conversation. So if I all of a sudden have a week that I don't have enough face-to-faces, I will just start making calls and the team will start making calls and having me meet people for lunch, meet people for coffee, and just be in front of people. You know, our business really is interactive and it's face-to-face. When someone is something and they're asking me, what can I do to get started? I said, well, how many people did you talk to last week? How many people were you in front of last week? And their answer is the questions. If you're not face-to-face, belly-to-belly, why do you think the Internet has not replaced this yet? You know, it was this big fear, Mike, how many years ago that when the Internet came on and, oh, my gosh, people have all this access to homes and they're not going to need realtors anymore. That career is going to go away, kind of like the travel agency. Well, we didn't. So Why? You know, you've got to be face-to-face. And the realtors who are successful, they get that. They're involved. They're face-to-face. They have their team face-to-face. You've got to do that. So if you start kind of feeling like you're not following through, just get in front of people. Just start talking. Real estate will come up. It's amazing. Well, Tammy, are you part of any affiliated business arrangements? Our company is, Mike, and it's been absolutely fabulous. Um, For our mortgage, we have Cornerstone Mortgage that is here right in our office, and we also have our own group guarantee title. And we've had that relationship with with our mortgage company. Cornerstone is brand new to us, which we're very thrilled about. We've gone through two or three others, but we've had this ongoing for about eight years now. 
What I love the most about it, Mike, is that my lender is in an office right downstairs in my own building. So when I schedule my buyer consultations, I can, boom, they are right there getting pre-approved with Brett, and then we have our consultation. It's fabulous. If it works the other way, that's awesome, too. He's right there in the building when I have questions or concerns. All my answers are taken care of. It's great. Having my own title company, I have my own closer right here in the building. So I always have the same closer. He knows exactly how I want my closings presented. I do go to my closings. I really do feel, again, that's my rapport ending of that closing segment. But if it's my seller, we only show up about, oh, 20 minutes before it's over and let the buyer or the other realtor do their whole thing because we are a, a stage where buyers and sellers do come together for closing. So I love having my own closer who knows everything that I want done with a file and how to proceed with that closing, how to keep it on track. I love having my own lender. And of course, there's financial rewards for that at the end of the year also. Do you own these these companies, this mortgage and title company? No, we do not own them. We are part of them. And our mortgage company is actually an MSA. And then our group title, we are in an agreement with Stewart Title, who is our underwriter for group guarantee title. But what we do have at the group is totally different, is we are owners of our company. And we are partners of the group, which I'm very proud of. 24 of my 26 years have been with the group. And even before then, I was an assistant. So I've been with the group a long time. We are offered at the group to buy stock, and there are certain levels of stock that you can purchase up to a certain amount. And I am very proud to say I'm a full stockholder and have been for several years. That's a whole different mindset than most real estate companies, and it's worked so well for us. We do not have salesperson of the month. We do not have salesperson of the year. A Tammy Spalding is treated just the same as a brand new rookie the day they walk in. And I think that really changes your philosophy in a company. I love that because it's just like if I have someone call and say, you know, I'm working with, with Jim at the group, but he's on vacation this weekend. And I can actually say this because it did happen. But we really want to see your listing over at such and such. I went over. I showed that Jim's clients. He was gone on a vacation. They wanted to buy it. I wrote the contract for Jim and I signed his name as the agent. And when he came back, he had a total transaction under contract he didn't know anything about. I had no expectations of receiving anything except for roses. I told him he did deserve, you know, to send me some roses. But that's how our whole company believes. We call it the group way and we call each other groupies and we are a family in this company. So it's a whole different mindset. And they did that for you when when you had your challenge this last year. They stepped in and helped out. Oh, and not only with business, Mike, but I can't even tell you how many meals were delivered. They came and took Rich back and forth to treatment after our 24-7 care was gone. And we lived 35 minutes from town. And I had people stopping their day to come get him, bring him into treatment, and take him home from this company. You can't ever replace that. Yeah, that's a great company culture. How did that get created? If somebody were going to create a new brokerage today, how would they go about creating such a culture? Well, you know, it's actually today's our birthday, Mike. I just thought of that birthday <laughs> is the group's 38th birthday. Isn't that fabulous? And it was started with Larry Kendall and I think around 10 founding partners, 10 or 12, uh, 38 years ago. And it was it was his whole idea, his whole design. And, you know, it started from day one. And the part of it is, is that you're all partners, you're all believing in going forward the same thing, and by owning stock, you create different 
you know, aspects of prosperity. We own all of our buildings. We do not rent. We have bought our buildings. We own them. And so, therefore, at the end of the year, we, we share in the profit. And it's, it's been a beautiful philosophy. A lot of the, the whole mindset is that the sum is greater than the parts. And they were all here to help each other grow and go forward. It's just like the rookies that come into our company. I want them to succeed, Mike. I want them to be happy in what they're doing and have their career blossom like my career has blossomed because I'm fortunate. I'm very blessed. I've always loved what I do. I still love what I do. And I want them to also. But, you know, that we've got great coaches. We've got great management. We've got awesome leadership. We have staff that is just unbelievable and how long they've been here, we have great retention. We hardly ever lose partners, because we call each other, to other companies. And so many who have left have come back. We always make a statement that once a groupie, always a groupie. We have people who have been here that whole 38 years, 30 years, 25 years. It's amazing. And it's because of the culture. It's because, you know, our coaches and our management team don't sell. So we're never competing with them. They are here to help encourage, grow, and take us to the next level and help with whatever we need help with. It's a whole different philosophy. Tammy, what drives you? (laughs) Oh, such an interesting question, Mike. Um, You know, it started from being a little girl growing up in a very poor family with an alcoholic father who we were on welfare and food stamps. I was very embarrassed to stand in those lines and have people make fun of you in the grocery store. And I always swore from a very young age I would never, ever live like that. And whatever I had to do, I would live differently. And I started that quest when I was 12, cleaning hotel rooms. At age 16, waiting tables, which I did thoroughly love. And then into real estate at age 19. And my drive was also, I had been a closer and I had seen at the closing table, buyers be told certain amounts to bring to a closing and then all of a sudden that number was much larger and the stress it put on them. I had watched clients be promised things that never happened and my drive became, I can do better than that. My drive became, There are people in need that I can help. Real estate is not always glorious. We all deal with deaths with real estate. We deal with divorces. Fun part is we deal with those first-time home buyers. We deal with those babies and the families who need bigger homes. But what drives me is that when someone comes in and they need my help, and whether it be happy or maybe not on the happiness, I've got the capabilities and the knowledge to help them through that situation. And then I'm beautifully rewarded to do that, which allows me in return to beautifully reward my team, my community, my friends, and my family. Because when I give, I receive. And what drives me is always to be the best I can be, to always be the one that someone says, I can go ask Tammy. She'll help me. I can ask Tammy. She'll tell me what's best to do here. I can just go talk to Tammy and she'll lift me up. That's what drives me. What drives me every day is to walk into an office where everyone smiles at me 
and they're pleased I showed up. That drives me. What drives me is to watch this husband heal. I want to have people say, wow, that crazy woman is pretty groovy. And to always know I gave him my best. That's awesome. I, I really like the groovy chick part. <laughs> you know, I have more <laughs> fun with that word. <laughs> and I honestly use that word a lot because it makes, again, people smile. And they'll look at me and they'll say, what did you just say? <laughs> and I'll tell them, that's my favorite word, groovy. <laughs> it just, a lot of people, younger people don't even know that word, and it brings people back to a fun time of their life. And it's just, it's just fun. It just catches people off guard. I mean, why be normal? You know, that's no fun. Why be normal? You know, go out there, stretch out, do something different, and be be known for it. It's just kind of fun. <laughs> that's great. Well, Tammy, why have you been so successful? You know, Mike, I think it's a, it's a lot of things, but I think it's because I am very committed. In a lot of ways, Mike, you could consider that I'm very boring, because I know every day what I need to do. I know every day I need to come in here, that I need to get my mindset first, which we already talked about. I need to get the team going. I need to make those calls. I need to stay in communication with people. I know what I need to do, and I'm committed to doing it. Even on those days that I have maybe one or two appointments, or maybe on those slim days I don't have an appointment, you will still see me at the office every day. Now, that's commitment because that is what drives me to be successful. And it's amazing on those days, you get so much done and you make so many more phone calls that guess what? The next week fills up with appointments. But I think that I've stayed true to the path when anytime I have learned, and I give great credit to Larry Kendall, I really do for all my years of success, but every time he would say, do this, do that, I would do it. But I wouldn't just do it once. And I think that's the key. You know, you've got to create habits, and habits create success. And when you create those healthy habits and you're doing them every day, success will happen. I also believe I'm successful because I really do care. I have never, ever looked at a client and saw the dollar sign. I've always cared what's the best for them. I'm the first one to get them out of a contract if things are going bad and it's not right for them. I'm the first one to get them out of it. It's like, no, we're not going to do this. This is not what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be easier than this. And I think when you come from the heart and you know why you're doing this, you can be successful. But it's always putting that customer first, taking care of them, and making their day better. Tammy, if you were going to advise a brand new agent just getting in the business, what would you tell them to do first? First thing I would tell them is to get a name tag. And I, I know that sounds like so silly, so ridiculous. Mike, to this day, I wear a name tag. And I'll tell you what, when I was first in the business and had really no income to be marketing, I would go shopping at the mall. Never buy anything, so I didn't have any money. But I go shopping with that name tag. People want to talk real estate. You wouldn't believe how many homes I sold by doing that. To this day, I can be grocery shopping, and the clerk will say, oh, what's the interest rates? Boom, you get their first name, you send them a card. So wear a name tag. Learn to get in front of people. A telephone is free. Start calling. Go do open houses for your top producers in areas and price points that are selling. 
Walk the neighborhood the week before. Introduce yourself to the neighbors to let them know you'll be there for that open house. Do the things that you don't have to do once you get past that point, but be in front of people. Get off those doggone computers. Screen time is not money time. It is to a point and certain things have to be done, but it's also creative avoidance. You've got, I mean, real estate is a contact sport. You've got to be with people. Go and volunteer at things you love and believe in, not because you think it's going to make you business. And show up, pay attention, make your phone calls, and take care of your customers. And when you get those first customers, ask them for referrals. Learn to ask. Tell them you're new and that you need you know, their help to grow your business and that you're willing to take as good a care of their friends and family as they did for you. And just get out there and beat the streets. Don't be shy and go do it. Tammy, do you think the top agent interviews like the one we're doing now with Mastermind Agent are valuable? I am constantly looking to listen to other realtors and other top agents and what are they doing because the minute you stop learning and stop growing, you're done. And what I always find is even after doing this for this many years, there's still always one little pearl in there somewhere or one little thing that maybe I heard 100 million times for the last 20 years, but today was the day that my brain was willing or ready to listen to that. And if I wasn't doing it, then I wouldn't hear it. Plus, it's so convenient the way it's delivered now that it's easy to listen. And Everyone is so willing to share and open to give and to talk with you about what they're doing. And then you have the opportunity to give this to all these people throughout the United States and around the country. And I absolutely think it's hugely valuable, and I would never, ever not be listening to these. Well, Tammy, I've come to the end of my questions for today. Do you have any parting thoughts? You know, I think all of us who have been given the opportunity to sell real estate have the best career on the planet. There is no limit. And whether you want to close 10 deals a year, 100 deals a year, 2,000 deals a year, whatever size you want your team to be, however you want that to look, you can have it and you can do it. And how many people with their careers have that opportunity? We are able to help people with their biggest investment of their lives. We're able to help them in troubled times, in happy times. We become, for that time, a part of their family. It's a beautiful thing. And I just say to all of you out there listening, know what you want, know what your dreams are, know where your strengths are to accomplish those. Always remember your family, always remember your faith, always remember your friends, and then take care of your clients like they are all of those people. And this career will bless you forever. Well, Tammy, you opened up and shared the human side of the business. You shared how great systems and amazing team members can keep the business running while you took seven unscheduled weeks off to handle a family emergency. You shared how to succeed by focusing on the basics, building relationships, being yourself, and incorporating fun into everything you do. You put a smile on the face of everyone you meet and leave them thinking, she's groovy. Thank you for sharing and being our top agent of the month. And join us next call when we talk to an agent who 
sold 155 homes last year, her fifth year in the business. Find out who she is on the next Success Call. If you like the show and want to know when the next one's coming out, click the subscribe button on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you want to hear more episodes like this, give the show a five-star review and write a quick comment. I read them all, and it motivates me to keep going and share the top agent success stories with you. Thanks. If you're looking for more ways to generate leads, check out our sponsor, RealGTV, real estate agent lead generation television, and their giant database library of video trainings where top agents reveal, demonstrate, and discuss their best lead generation methods. Visit RealGTV, R-E-A-L-G dot TV. If you're low on funds or just want to get the maximum leverage, check out my masterclass webinar titled Top 5 Free Lead Sources for Real Estate Agents. Learn more at FreeLeadTime.com. That's FreeLeadTime.com. Oh, and if you have a real estate friend who needs some inspiration, tell them about the Success Calls podcast. And don't you forget to subscribe right now to hear all the great top agent ideas. Keep moving forward. You've been listening to Success Calls on the Mastermind Agent Network, where top real estate agents from across North America reveal their success secrets, strategies, and systems in up-close and personal interviews. You can find all the calls at www.mastermindagent.com.